If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the best place to learn about game development and the lifestyle of game developers in podcast form. Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. And this person was the first person to ever... Shit. <laughs> I was going to say something I wasn't about the first one to shit, <laughs> but I won't be the last either. This is Brandon uh, Fan. Welcome to our episode, uh, Game Dev Unchained, uh, the podcast. It's different with the cameras on. It's different with the cameras on. So we are inviting our special guest, our dear friend, Zach Rich. Zach. Yes. Hey man, welcome. All right. Ooh, that thing just comes on perfect timing. Yeah. So Zach has obviously uh, been on the podcast before for longtime listeners, but Zach, for the first time listeners and viewers out there, yeah. do you mind kind of giving us a little background of where you are, what yeah. you do? Absolutely. So I'm the founding partner of a law firm called Press Start Legal. We represent yes. the gaming industry, so we work with developers, publishers. Twitch streamers, influencers, we really span the gambit of interactive entertainment. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's, that's, yeah, it's short and sweet. It's like, Larry, this is what I do. Yes. But, oh, the, the more that I've done this now, I've, I've, I've been able to narrow that down. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Before wonderful. it used to be this long rambling thing, and now I'm like, you don't nope. want to that. And uh, if, uh, again, for new listeners out there, what led you to wanting to start this venture uh, in, the, in the first place? So I'm a huge fan uh, of games is, is what it really boils down to. I'm a gamer by heart. And as an attorney, you know, when you work in big law and you deal with, you know, when, when the clients become more about numbers on a spreadsheet than actually about the individuals and, and what they're building or their companies, it, it becomes so stressful that you end up burning yourself out. And I wanted to find a way that I could take my career as an attorney and mash it with my passion for working with creatives and video games. And that led me to launching my own firm uh, and working with some of the best people in, in the world. Dude, awesome, man. We're glad to have you. Well, glad so to with, be here. Yeah. And I would imagine with your vast knowledge of game experience and then also you being an attorney, you've probably worked on some really cool projects and you've seen your fair share of good things happening in the game industry and also when they call you, like either the bad or things that need to be settled part of the game industry. Am I correct in that assessment? Absolutely. You know, we, we sometimes will get lucky and we'll get to work with either a new studio or, mm. you know, a, a young studio and we get to help them before anything goes wrong. Mm. Um, and I would say that's 35, 40% of, of what we do. I would, the other 60% is, hey, um, we're being sued or, Hey, we got this letter from this, this rights holder who claims that our game is infringing. What, what do we do? Uh, and that's when we step in. So we we're both a sword and a shield. We got this letter that says seize and decised, desist. <laughs> what does that, what does that mean? What's this legal jargon uh, that they, 
Well, well, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Obviously, uh, Zach, you've been on the podcast before. You know the format. Uh, We had you on before to kind of give advice or a Mm. suggestion. What's the legal term? so you don't get <laughs> no no he can do it he's a lawyer yes we don't have to yeah, do that yeah, boilerplate yes. like right. i'm not a lawyer all right okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. We, we can do it well, now. but well, we have we have to give some boilerplate so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am a lawyer but i'm not adults are talking well I, I am your lawyer but yeah. i'm not your listener's lawyer so yeah, right. uh while you guys can't consider this legal advice it is my opinion from my experience working in the legal field of mm. video games yeah, okay. That's my boilerplate disclaimer. That's our ass armor there we right go. there. The yeah. ass armor yep. is on. Yeah. So let's talk about this, right? Loot boxes is going through a huge legal ramification. And what's, what's loot box? What what is loot box? I thought it was surprise mechanics. Oh, surprise mechanics. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> he just he just sprung you know, that I one on me. He actually surprised it. me with that one. My bad. His acting is so good. So right? Zach, can you kind of catch us? can you catch us up with that like what is going on right now with loot boxes and kind of give like a slightly overview for people who are not caught up yeah absolutely so everyone knows uh at least people who would be listening to your podcast that the easiest way to monetize any game whether it be mobile triple a indie pc you know console is Mm. loot boxes uh microtransactions uh, and what's happening is all around the world, loot boxes are gaining very negative attention. And it's because the mechanic itself is presented in a very predatory way yeah. that is, in effect, causing individuals, young individuals, you know, obviously people over the age of, I want to say 16, but really it's the age of 18 and up should know better, but young individuals who don't really understand the value of money, just using their parents' credit card and buy, 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 buy. Mm. And now all of a sudden you have a two, $3,000 credit card bill and on it is, you know, $3,000 from the Epic game store because yeah. of loot boxes or EA yeah. or, you know, any of them. And not to just name those two individuals. I mean, you see it all across gaming and it oh, can be anywhere. Sure. Now, because of that, you're starting to see member states of the EU ban the practice outright. You have U.S. senators trying to pass bills that ban it outright in the United States. You have the FTC starting to take comments before they start passing their own regulations on this. And now you have the ESA sitting back going, crap, we should have got in front of this issue. And now, similar to what happened with violence in video games, they're going to play catch up and try to shift the narrative to be a self-regulated industry. Yeah. And what you're seeing is individuals are trying to compare loot boxes to gambling. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of different sides to this story. Yeah. What's, what's funny to me is gambling isn't illegal, right? Like I, I think those same countries that are banning loot boxing, I, I don't explicitly know that they've also like banned casinos or banned gambling mm-hmm. whatsoever. So is there, I guess, why do we face, you know, all the disdain from the, from the European government as to why it cannot exist anymore? Why is EA in front of parliament trying to explain it's surprise mechanics and not loot boxes? It's not gambling. So you're well, first, right. And in, in, before we even oh, get to that, sure. right. how do you side with the lawyer's defense? 
<laughs> I'm calling it surprise. Is it like just how hard did you? Was laugh that clever to you? you, yeah, or do you? Was that the best would, move they could have done? Yeah. Is it the best? No. Um, if they're arguing this, say in the United States, mm-hmm. there is a strict definition of what is considered gambling, and mm-hmm. if you stack loot boxes up against what that definition is, it fails for one very particular purpose, and that's because the definition states that gambling is any activity where an item of value is placed at risk in an attempt to gain greater value. So in essence, you're betting money to get money. Uh, In video games, it's you're betting money to get an item, but these items, and this is what the big argument is in the United States, is there is no value or right now, no monetary value attached to that item. Um, That is sort of the biggest debate because how do you put money on a digital good that you can't resell for for more money? I mean, mm. there are obviously ways to do it on the grays and, and you know, yeah. black market per se. And you could sell your your uh, your account on eBay, and yeah. in essence, you sold the value of that item. Yeah. Um, and you see this in, in MMORPGs where people are selling items and whatnot. Yes. But because of that one large stepping point of being able to exchange what you earned from that risk for a higher value, it's not considered gambling per se. Um, The big issue that you're seeing in the EU and also in the United States is the predatory nature of the practice. Um, It's putting out that shiny new skin or that shiny new character or, you know, whatever it is that you want to put in that loot box and then hiding the fact that you're going to spend $15 on a premium currency to get a 1% chance to get that item, even though Mm -hmm. we're displaying it and we're saying it's in this box. Mm -hmm. We are not telling you that the odds of you getting that are one in, you know, 607,000. Yeah. And that's the big issue. What's, what's interesting to me is that like the half step that I hear that people are like at least requiring is like China, for example, you have to display the odds. Right. But the compulsive nature of loot box spending and that that loop of like spend a couple of moments of shine, flash, open the thing. Did I get it? Did I not? That loop happens outside of someone knowing the odds. So I don't see that having like any any gravity or any weight on that scenario. I think those same people with the addictive natures are still going to have the same problem of like, well, I didn't get it. Let me do it again. I didn't get it. Let me do it again. Mm -hmm. Showing me that like it's a one in three thousand chance likely not going to stop that decision making. No, absolutely. And um, <laughs> in fact, in the United States, you don't need to display the odds. Yeah. The reason why you're slowly starting to see it now in certain markets and in certain games is because the EU, uh, the largest member state, Germany, was the driving force of that. Uh, now you see it in Belgium, you'll see it in the Netherlands, and even yeah. the UK has passed laws that for these particular mechanics, you need to display the odds of winning. That had a trickle-down effect into the United States because developers basically said, why am I going to change one thing for one side of the world? It'd be easier for us to do it all together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, it, and it's exactly what you said. There, there have been studies, there are articles discussing this, um, that the addictive nature of that opportunity to win is what drives loot boxes. And it's very dangerous um, as as shown. I mean, you, when you have congressmen and senators trying to pass bills banning the practice, 
it, it's time to, to take a good step back and evaluate what this practice is and where EA will sit there and tell you it's surprise mechanics and it's the same thing as getting a kinder egg. In reality, it's not. Mm-mm. You're and not going to walk into 7-Eleven and see a kinder egg put up on a pedestal spinning around with LED lights shining on it saying, buy me. Mm-hmm. You know what else is interesting too is like a lot of people say like, Trading cards is another example of kids who are used to spending the three bucks, having a good idea of what's inside, but not necessarily explicitly knowing. Mm-hmm. A pack of trading cards will always have and will always be whatever is inside of that pack is in there, right? Like it's an actual tangible good. There's no patch update, right? They're like, oh, sorry, hold on a second. We've pulled magically four cards out of that pack, still charging you the same price. Yeah. None of the behind the scenes stuff that, you know, kind of occurs that you can't trust. Yeah. There's a lot more trust in the physical Whereas with the loot box, I'm at the mercy of code. Yeah. I'm at the mercy of RNG, and I'm at the mercy of whenever they felt like changing the odds or the mechanics on me, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still paying that same price. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the thing with trading cards, now this also depends on what type of trading card it is. There sure. is also an inherent value yes. attached to those cards. Yes. You know, the, those original Pokemon cards from 1994, 1995, they're actually worth something today. Yeah. Good God. You know, so yeah. all that money you spend after mowing the lawn to go down to Walmart to buy that next pack of cards that just got released, you might actually be able to get some of that money back. Yeah. You're never going to see that money back um, from these games. And yeah. you know, one one interesting story that's starting to break in that I – it was kind of an – trying to think of the right word to put it. It was – Unfortunately, not highlighted as much as it should at at E3. There is a new game coming out. The name of it completely escapes me at the moment. Um, But the article caught my eye because the game will have loot boxes. But as the game develops, and this is also an evolution of sort of the the games as a service, as sequels get released, they're going to port those items that are going to be available in the loot boxes to the future iterations of the game. Hmm. And that's why they can sit here and say, it's okay if you want to give us $5 for X amount of premium currency for a chance to you know, buy that new skin for that vehicle. Hmm. Don't feel bad when we put out this you know, version number two, you'll still have it. Okay. I think and that's one of the scary things about games. Yeah. Okay. You, know, if you can't take it with you. Yeah. You know, that's I, I call bullshit <laughs> because knowing how game development works, right? Yeah. Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, they tried that where they kind of transfer over your avatar that you've made and you're mm-hmm. journeying through all three games. And by the third game, people were upset because the ending didn't matter. Sure. Uh, based on it's supposed to be a tailored custom experience, but it was the same ending for everyone. Yeah. Game studios close <laughs> left and right. All right. Fine. It's true. You sell me on this idea that I can carry over my loots to the next one. There's only a few titles out there that can yeah. deliver on that promise. Maybe the Call of Duty games. Well, any sports game, I think. Any that, sports that's a games, good tie in, in my can, opinion. But that's a lot of server space sure. that they're just holding just for you, hoping that this game will. And 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 the idea, the 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 one thing that kind of like was hypocritical in that statement is the idea of sequels and carrying over. Like yeah. you have to be moving towards the subscription model of games as a service to make that work, mm-hmm. right? If Overwatch became 
Overwatch as a service and there's no two, then yeah, I can see that being like 10 years down the line, I can still have my avatar and all my loots and stuff. But as soon as you move over the sequel, it's a whole new ecosystem. Yeah. And it's just a lot of legwork un unless you're like really thriving as a business. That's the first thing that you cut as soon as you start thinking sequels. So yes, they might sell you on the second idea, the second game, and maybe they'll get that far. But if their whole business is around that and you're telling me it only on the sequel, it's like, all right, I'm yeah, gone. So there's, I'm there's a lot of truth to what Brandon's saying. As a consumer, like it sounds like a good promise, right? Like I'm investing in this. This is a, I'm going to get more return out of this dollar because... I'm going to buy it once. If I get it, I have it for if a next game comes out, it should be there. And if a game after that comes out, it should be there. So that idea of being sold, that promise, I can understand. The developer is also low risk, too, because you don't if we make a sequel, yeah, it'll be there. Yeah. Exactly. You, know? you, you best believe crafty attorneys are drafting that marketing yeah. language. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The, the hard part for me is like it's a kick in the ass is in regards to scalability. If you aren't the right type of product, like if NBA 20k one is like hey uh we have this special mcdonald's jersey that you just won right i imagine it's not going to be so difficult changing the texture material of the next version of their game's mcdonald's jersey to use that same art it's less of a stretch in my mind where if a game is like hey we've done a graphical overhaul of our game right so overwatch 2 comes out the models are three times as you know detailed higher fidelity yeah that tracer outfit that you unlocked in Overwatch One, yeah. we had to remodel and redo for Overwatch Two. So before we can even sell a new a new loot box, we have to retrofit all the old stuff, and that's the kick in the ass. Where if it's yeah. not the right type of game, yeah, it's it's DOA, man. Mm -hmm. But I like it if it's a sports title, like hey, that little logo on the helmet that yeah. you ordered from, you know, Madden Twenty K, it's now in Twenty K One. You know, congratulations. That's the best chance to. Yeah, work, but like. Very few are like sports yeah. titles. Yeah. So yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you but you do see it now in in you know in games as a service subscription base. You know, you yeah. look at Destiny. That yeah. game, it's a three four year old game, and it yeah. just hit a milestone of having a million active players. Yeah. Uh, and they're all about their loot boxes and cosmetic items, and mm -hmm. they will continue from year uh, release to even today in 2019, and it's still mm -hmm. holding strong. Mm -hmm. What kills me about loot boxes is like, and we kind of touched on this before, I don't have a problem with loot boxes when I know that my cost of entry was like significantly minimum, yeah. right? Free to play game, 99 cent game. I don't care that there's loot boxes. I feel, even if I'm compelled, right? Yeah. And I've spent 30 bucks and I'm like, oh my God, I spent yeah. 30 bucks. I always feel less about that than when I've paid the 60 bucks and then I'm paying the like season pass fee. And then I'm paying the two, three dollars for the loot box. I'm like, my God, how much yeah. money are you trying to take from me? Yes. You know what I mean? There's a, Absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely and, a psychological we'll, aspect. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. We can we can thank EA for this because they were they were the ones that thought that they could get away with it and the industry told them no. You're not going to find game mechanics locked behind paywalls yeah. and loot boxes. I mean, yeah. let me Add a caveat to that statement: If it's a free-to-play mobile game or a free-to-play MMO, sure, there's probably mm -hmm. some paywalls in there, um, but I, they're not locked behind loot boxes. They might be content locked. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was really Epic that pioneered that you can make millions of dollars selling virtual clothing. Yeah. That and I, as soon as Overwatch or no, excuse me, Overwatch, as soon as Fortnite doesn't exist anymore, all that money that all these kids have been spending yeah. on outfits and skins gone. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have no problem at all with like any sort of game where their loot boxes or their little rewards boxes or surprise mechanics aren't game changing as far as competitive nature or game balance is concerned. It's like, oh, you got splashy time water gun, cool. Oh, you got BFG like homage to uh, what was that Quake, mm-hmm. cool, mm-hmm. awesome. But it's just a skin. It's yeah. not. It doesn't change the balance. It has nothing to do with actual game power ups. Therefore, I'm less compelled to worry that like you have some sort of advantage that you've purchased. Yeah. I don't give a shit that you spent ten grand on trying to get all the outfits. Yeah. I can still own you. You have no extra advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I like that style of loot boxes, and I think that I don't have a problem if you try to sell loot box content like that, like mm-hmm. appearance upgrades. Sell it till the cows come home. In my opinion, it doesn't bother me. Characters. Mm-hmm. Right, like specific characters, like powerful weapons, yeah. tiered advantages that save you time because you spent money, and it makes the game experience completely ruined for other people. I'm talking about Star Wars here now. It's totally not fair. Like, yeah. that's, that's that is. I'm glad that EA got burnt yeah. for how they tried to implement the loot yes. box strategy in Star Wars Battlefront Two because yeah. I did not want that precedent to actually be successful. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm, I'm like on the wall with EA mm. because uh, they are the one that really tests the waters yeah. with loot box stuff. They really go far and too far sometimes. Yeah, other companies either don't touch it or or touch it just a little. Yeah. so I'm glad EA is kind of really bringing this in front of Congress quicker than any other company, <laughs> right? Because it is important. It is a new tech, and we know those guys over there are usually slower on tech mm-hmm. and anything that's happening, especially in the game world. And so it's great that we're getting these answers right now yeah. so that designers don't have to wait until they're really old <laughs> to yeah. realize it doesn't work, right? <laughs> so we can react to it now. And I think on the consumer side, it helps... Because we're getting reactions kind of like what Larry is saying. is like, cosmetics fine. Anybody hate loot boxes that kind of uh, pivots the gameplay narrative, mm-hmm. right? And so I think now they know, right? Especially with all the Star Wars Battlefront stuff. And all, man, every three months, it's always EA. So like, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's always EA. So, it, so it's great that they brought this to everybody's attention, kind of pissing everyone off. And they have the ability to kind of step back. And, and rethink their strategy without going bankrupt or whatever. Yeah. Because any other company would be, I think, harder to rebound from this. Yeah. Do you guys think it has now become too expensive to just do good business in the games industry <laughs> at a top level? Do you think Ooh. it's all greed that's driving this? Or is it literally like they have to grasp uh-huh. at every possible penny? I'm going to exact this You one. know what I mean? Like, is Are we outside <laughs> of the realm of like, hey, we made a good game. And sure, you can buy these like little microtrans things. But we're not trying to get... $3,000 credit card purchases yeah. out of you. We can sp- if you spend 100 bucks on this by the time you're done, we're yeah. happy. Do you think corporations will stop being greedy, Zach? What do you think? <laughs> so this this is a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> at, at, at the basic core, no. The, a corporation's goal is to make money no matter what they tell you, no matter how fluffy their commercials are and tell you that they're looking after your privacy and they come on. They they exist the sole reason they exist is to make money Mm. um but i do not think that we will see the end of microtransactions or loot boxes anytime soon unless of course uh they become illegal but game development as you guys know and as the listeners know has become so expensive that 
short of raising the price and you're already paying $60 for a game. I remember back yeah. in the day that games were 30 bucks. Yeah. I remember 49 yeah. and then going to 60 and being like, what the fuck is this? 60 right? bucks. They're, they're Who's directly, it? Uh, Xbox 360 set the bar at 59.95. Yeah, and it was just, what, what the hell is this? Um, you know, it's become easier for people to swallow $60 for a new title, but consumer demand for better quality for new technologies for better graphics for new gameplay ideas for connected worlds that all costs a lot of money that a 60 dollars yes. price tag might not exactly cover anymore mm -hmm. and if you're going to tell me that say the new cyberpunk game costs 75 dollars to buy i might take a step back and go do i really want to spend 75 dollars on a game yeah. I, I might not before they try now loot boxes Right. Before they charge you for loot boxes, before they, you know, and this is not a slight on them. This is more, I guess, yeah. a slight on Anthem. But before the game is even finished and they release it and then you just bought oh, a $75 snap. pile of junk, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it makes it harder for a consumer to to make that impulsive buy. Um, and I think that if you see that, you'll see the, the game industry decline, at least sales decline. Um so I think microtransactions will always be a staple to supplement that added expenses. Um, I don't think it's appropriate that, as you guys put it, for them to affect actual gameplay and gameplay mechanics. If you want to create all the cosmetic items in the world, go for it. Um, personally, I would prefer it to go more of the epic and yeah, I guess not even Blizzard, but more epic where it's you want this, here's the cost of it, buy it. Yeah. Um, I think that mechanic will gain more popularity versus the, you can give us 10 bucks and you can have a chance to get yeah. this. Yeah. I think what's, what scares me and, and why I was kind of framing the question, like the ethical, like, do they have to go after $3,000 credit card purchases? Like we all know, of course, if you're in a for-profit business, you do want to make profit, but to better frame how I'm asking that is to the point of cannibalization mm. is, is what I mean. So like you look at the fishing industry, mm. we are killing off species of fish because of overfishing. Mm. Each individual corporation is like, well, you know, we want to sell more tuna this year. We want to sell more salmon this year. We mm. want to sell more X. They're fishing these seas and now they're running out of supply because they've gotten to the point where they have gone, they've chased so far down towards a profit that they've started to cannibalize. Yeah. And so that's what I'm getting at is when you're cannibalizing the community, do you still put, you know, pedal to the metal, try to make as much profit as I can before I get out of here? Because right. that's my sentiment is yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, this is cannibalization, but there's still fish while I'm here. Yeah. So while my resume will say, hey, I got them X more billions of dollars this yeah. year. Let me go to Netflix with yeah. this shining star. Yeah. Don't give a shit that I've cannibalized the industry and I've made it harder for consumers to buy games in a way that is causing companies to shut down. Smaller yeah. studios not exist. Big AAA titles, not as many. Mid-tier studios disappearing. Yes. You know what I mean? That's where we are. Is like I feel like <laughs> cannibalization is happening. It, it's definitely happening, but yeah. it's like I think it's often distracted and disguised by the numbers because mm. every year the, the, the game industry is profiting more, right? Mm. We're... we're constantly breaking records every year mm -hmm. but how are we earning that money it's like you said it's like we do have lesser studios yeah. and lesser games are coming out and in terms of blockbuster hits but maybe more indie mm -hmm. and we're, we're kind of covering our losses through other means that isn't exactly apparent and so yeah the, the i think the 
what, what we call transcendence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 ability with corporations uh-huh. is it intrinsic? The intrinsic nature of corporations. It's so like they're. Yeah, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Thank you. Thank you. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. Keep it going. <laughs> so their whole thing is about making profit within the next quarter, right? Mm. Their only short-sightedness is is, is, is is kind of conquering everything that they're doing. So they don't care about what's going on five, ten years down the line. But I guess like, that's my point, right? Yeah. Like if I was running Xerox, right? Yeah. Not only do I want to sell the most printers this month, but I want Xerox to continuously sell the most printers, like for decades. Yes. You know what I mean? But their their method is always like, if I am two steps ahead, I'll always be ten steps ahead. But mm-hmm. that is not true, right? Yeah. You're driving all the talent out. Yeah. Um, by the time five, ten years, who's left? It's going to be a bunch of interns and newcomers who are fresh, fresh, <laughs> fresh in the industry. Hey man, and like, already, that's going to crumble. I'll already be at Netflix. Talent industry, that's yeah. the that's the you know that's the scary part. So that's that's again, what we're seeing. Yeah. I, that's what scares me is yeah. like. I completely understand a need or a want to be driven by revenue and profits and growth, yeah, yeah. but there's also a responsibility and ethics that yeah. you can't overlook because you're basically going to ruin your opportunity to even make money in any sort of like generous way, mm-hmm. like even a greed, like sure greed. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you get to the point where you're past the point of return, where there's like at least equilibrium, right? Yeah. Like you are now, every time that you grow, you're making it harder for you to sustain. Yeah. Right. You're killing your own mm-hmm. company at that point in time. And, and yeah. that's the scary thought. Well, it's happening. Like, yeah. who's left? If we're talking about the Titans, <laughs> EA, Activision, uh, yeah, Take-Two. We're, we're in agreement. Yeah. But, yeah. but they're also cannibalizing themselves. I mean, yeah. the Bungie split from Activision and Blizzard oh, yeah. because of, yep. you know, the control that they wanted to have on their yep. titles. Yeah. You know, and when you're seeing, you know, and this... This was a great uh, article that came out the other day uh, that really kind of went in the inside of the split is one of the one of the big sticking points was Activision kept driving loot boxes, microtransactions, Mm -hmm. uh, and Bungie didn't want that. And they actually ended up getting a lot of backlash and tarnish on the reputation Bungie did, because when they released the Eververse store in Destiny 2, it was always designed to be cosmetic only. Yeah. But then people started discovering that these cosmetic only additives had actual gameplay elements built into it. Yeah. And so they effectively forced Bungie, more or less, you know, mm. obviously this is depending on take this article for it being true, sure. uh, forced Bungie to put microtransactions and loot boxes in place for game mechanics and cosmetics. Yeah. And sort of hid that fact from people. And when you do that, you lose your consumer's trust. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Necktie and you know, game design. <laughs> Necktie game. Yep. But you, there, there is. I think there's a way to effectively correct this course of action, and a lot of that is on the customer service level. Um, you, you hear champion stories come out of Epic as much as we're sort of hating on them right now for their predatory practices with skins that mm. um, I have heard. Stories from parents who have received these three, four thousand dollar credit card bills had called Epic's customer service line and had it all refunded. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if the kid's account would then get banned or if they pulled the skins or whatnot, oh, but I would say that good customer service from studios mm-hmm. and publishers will correct everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I know, these are digital goods. You're, you're printing money, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, you know, I, I don't blame you. I, I yeah. probably would too. You know, you bought them. Okay. You want your money back? Sure. Give me, give me, give me all back. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a digital currency. It's a digital good. It's very easy to, to wipe off. Yeah. Especially when nothing's actually being hosted on the end user's computer. Is there anything else that's comparable to loot boxes in other industries right now? Besides, uh, besides gambling <laughs> or gambling. Yeah. Hmm. Is this literally just a combination of gambling and Bitcoin or what is it? Like, well, is it even if I like, let's start breaking it down, right? Like I'm yeah. paying real money for a chance to get things that are technically intangible. Like they don't really exist. Gambling, yeah. They'll give me some sort of experience. And then once the experience is done, it's gone. Uh, it's not even cash. It's not, it's not even the lotto. You yeah. know what I mean? It, like there's things that relate. There's overlap, but I guess money in product well, out is different. Yeah. Have, have either of you been to Japan? Plinko or those little pachinko Plinko. machines? Pachinko machines? Yeah, those, well, not even that. Yeah. Those those little uh, capsule things where you put like a dollar in or a yen in, and then you get oh, the yeah. capsule with the toy in it. Yeah. You don't know which toy you're gonna get, but there's yeah. like six of them on front of the machine. Got yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's uh, very that's yeah. that's the closest real life thing I can think of. Um, but then you're not worrying about massive credit card bills; you're just worrying about losing all your cash. Okay, so then the close thing I could think of, if we are willing to also look at video games, but not call them loot boxes, then digital packs for like mm-hmm. over for Hearthstone or for Magic the Gathering. Those or, are basically, loot but boxes. It, exactly, it's you're, yeah. you're paying the oh, money, yeah. you're getting a random assortment of things, and then once the service is over, it's gone forever. Yeah, and even in in those situations, you can almost attach a value yeah. to those items. So like the original, and I I haven't seen if it's still up. Maybe it is in its original server load and cards, but the first time Magic the Gathering went online, mm-hmm. people were selling accounts or selling those cards for money. Yeah. You'd see them all yeah. over eBay and online yeah. and different places. So, um, you know, that could have actual value to it. Yeah. Uh, there was that big issue with the Counter-Strike skins for the guns and the knives and all that. You know, those have, and I'm surprised somebody would pay that kind of money, but there are some skins in Counter-Strike that will sell for four or $500. So here's an unpopular. Why? Here's an unpopular opinion, especially because I think I have two examples where one is actually used, I would say, well, and the other is actually used not well, but they're both doing almost the exact same thing. Is pay-to-play design from the bottom up? Mm -hmm. For example, if you're playing World of Warcraft right now, you can start a level one character and grind your ass off Mm -hmm. until you finally get to 110 Mm -hmm. and then start enjoying the real content, the new content from 110 to 120. Or you can pay 60 bucks to skip up to 110 and then just enjoy the 110 to 120 leveling experience. I don't mind the bottom up level design because I know that like from one to 110 is a very lonely experience at this stage in the game. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of time that you're going to be playing a game that you're supposed to be in a community, supposed to be like enjoying things in groups and tiers, even though they've done a couple of things to help make that not as bad. It's still like for the most part, you're going to do a lot of stuff by yourself. So you're not really going to enjoy that game to like, let's say 110 to 120 in my eyes. Then you have NBA. Which could be a month or so away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I understand that, like, hey, buy this thing that will skip that. And it's, it is giving you a gameplay increase, right? Like, it's making you more powerful. It's letting you skip content. 
to join the rest of the audience. You know mm. what I mean? So like, I don't feel bad about that. But then there's another game that for some reason I feel it's shysty. Mm. Uh, is like the NBA 2K series almost literally does the same thing. It's like, hey, you're, you're a pro that you make. Shitty stats. Shitty, shitty, shitty stats. Mm. You can play top level stuff. You're going to get dominated. No mm. one's going to want you in their group. No mm. one's going to want to play with you. You have to either grind for almost the full product cycle mm -hmm. before the new one comes out if you want to get to the top level stuff for free mm -hmm. or you can then just buy the boost and then they'll let you start playing like you'll actually have a character who has stats decent enough where you can play and like people aren't going to shit on you just from seeing your profile mm -hmm. for some reason even though it feels like the exact same thing i i don't mind it in world of warcraft but I, like it bothered me to my core to see that it was like intentionally done that way in like nba 2k mm -hmm. It's like, I guess WoW is like, we've released six, seven games of content mm -hmm. that we're helping you skip through. Right. Whereas 2K, literally the one game, its own product cycle, yeah. is like, hey, you can't even get to this content yet. Get yourself these stats, and now you can start enjoying the game. I guess maybe that's where I stand on it being like a shitty. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think if done right, I don't mind letting people buy their way through something mm -hmm. to join a community of people, to make it more fun, it, 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 I guess I, I don't necessarily know exactly where I feel on that yet, but I feel like Blizzard is kind of doing it better mm -hmm. than 2K for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. I don't think they designed their product intentionally to like, oh, you suck. Yeah. It's going to suck. Give us your money yeah. for the game that you just bought. Like someone just gave you a game. Like, here you go, Brandon. Here's right. a copy of NBA, uh, what is it, 20 now? Mm -hmm. 2K20? Here's a copy. Oh, by the way, I just gave you an obligation because mm -hmm. you're not going to start enjoying this game until you put in the 65 bucks to boost your character. Mm. It's like giving somebody a puppy for their birthday. Like, Is it an <laughs> insubordinate the... amount of time to kind of get to 65 level on NBA QK? I don't play that. Yes, I don't. I, I follow it myself. And so it's, it's more like people are just upset that... I've bought this game and I have to buy into the experience mm -hmm. even further. So there's no way to there is money. a way to earn unless you put a lot. A lot it is, of but again, it's like there's going to be a 2K21, right? right? By the time yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. take right, you right. 10 months to do it for get free to, the, to get yeah. to that point. So really, how much time do you really have to yes. enjoy being in that top months. community? Yeah. Exactly, and that's I guess that's um, the big issue. But then, see, looking at your World of Warcraft yeah. example, you're going to jump into a game, use that boost. And yeah, you'll have 10 levels between 110 and 120 to learn how to play the game. But, mm. you know, when you get to 120, if you didn't really learn the game, you're going to be completely lost. Yeah. And there's so many mechanics in that system um, where you're, I feel like you would be almost disadvantaged doing that mm. jump. Um, whereas NBA 2K, it's almost the same thing too. Like if you're terrible at the game, the point of that grind is not only to obviously get your character to a pro sort of level, but mm -hmm. to get your own skills there too. Mm -hmm. um, Would you say like there's an irresponsible amount of time though? You know what I mean? Like if you're like a daily player contributing to your stats every single day and you're on average still taking about six, seven months and now you only have a few months left to enjoy the game before they're like, hey, do it all over again. Yeah, that's how the world works, dude. <laughs> when you're rich, you're good. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I do agree with you in that aspect. If you're going to have systems in place that take that are designed from the start yeah. to yeah. force individuals into paying that sum, that's a big no yeah. for me. I, I, yeah. That's almost as bad as, 
as a loot box that tells you, hey, buy this awesome skin for $10, but it's a 0.05% chance of dropping. Yeah. Uh, mm. you know, if you're designing your game to drive monetization, I don't think you're designing the game for one, it's longevity, yeah. and two, for, for the actual consumer who's going to be playing it. Yeah. Um, where World of Warcraft is in a massive, expansive game. You have 120 levels worth of content. Mm. Uh, the game's been out since, what, 2004? Yeah. That would make sense for me. To, it would take you three three weeks to a month to get to the end of where the game is at now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like game like you know NBA Two K, you know, oh, you six months. Actually, it, should, yeah. it shouldn't take you six months to do that. You brought up you brought up another good point that actually I can reference. When I bought the latest expansion, I got like a free character boost up to not not the top level, not 110, but I think I got to like level 100. Mm-hmm. So just for buying the new game, they gave me a free level 0 to level 100 boost. So I was 10 levels behind the starting point, and then I could start the game and actually be that much closer to playing the content that I paid for. Mm-hmm. So it's that feels a little more responsible to mm-hmm. say that like we know we have this massive system and we know that there's this grind. So you paid 60 bucks for this new content, but you can't play it because you're a brand new player. You have mm. to start from level one. Mm. Man, that's, that's tough. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you just bought the $60 game that you get to play 10 months from now. Right. So I at least can yep. appreciate that, I guess. And, and Destiny did the same thing. If you bought the Forsaken bundle with all the mm. stuff in it for 40 bucks, and I think it's yeah. now at $39 because they're moving everything around. Yeah. Um, they give you a boost to skip past all the original content because they yeah. know you're buying it to play with your friends who are max yeah. level. Yeah, and I think they also know that the original half of the game is terrible. <laughs> the Peter Dinklage version. Yeah, <laughs> those days. You know, you guys just gotta take the old-fashioned cheap model. Okay. That I don't buy anything extra outside of my. There's no game. I guess I'm. This is huge in only recently in mm-hmm. shooters, mm-hmm. right? Where the loot boxes starting. I, I think maybe. Probably from EA, but then Call, Call of Duty know, for Call sure. Call of Duty for like, sure. Yeah. Guns with stats. Yeah. And then, uh, but most it's mostly prevalent in uh, RPG and and, and 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 games like that, strategy mm-hmm. games, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I've never really prescribed to this. I, I've I've always been very cheap <laughs> to buy anything extra. I've never bought an iPhone game ever. Damn. Right. Really? No. Really? Never. Even never. With kids. No. I look oh, at man. it because I'm so. I'm so primarily from the PC days yeah. where I used to play games online for free mm. right after I bought the game as mm. long as I have an internet connection. Yeah. So even with the Xbox online pass and console pass to play games online, it's completely foreign to me and mm. I refuse. I refuse. I have my internet. Mm. I have my box. I should be able to connect so and play my games online. Here's a very yeah. interesting question for you yeah. because I, I brought this up before. Is it time... Especially with how fast our internet speeds are mm-hmm. around the world, oh, one hundred percent. America, we're fast enough that I think we could bring this back. Remember back in the day when you used to play Unreal or when you used to play Quake or any of these shooters, you were linked together as a group of like ten to fifteen computers, yeah. when, right? Whoever yep. had the fastest connection peer-to-peer. was exactly peer to peer was providing the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? Yep. How and when that host dropped, everyone froze for like a good five to six minutes by the way <laughs> yeah. to figure out who had the next yeah. who had the next fastest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. transitioning the game. Yeah. But 
maybe it's time to see a resurgence or to, to see somebody try that again to like, Hey, we've created this really cool game that a lot of people want to play mm-hmm. at most. We'll pay service space to host a lobby. Yeah. But once you like do a matchmaking and find a game, you guys are actually just running it yourselves yeah. well, off your own network. Did you do that for a while? Dedicated, uh, not dedicated, but like, um, people, it pissed people off because it would always take that time to look mm-hmm. for who had the best connection. But, to I, play that ten player game, sure. But I bring that I bring this up as a trade off <laughs> to say that like we can go back to just selling you a sixty dollar game again, yes, because we don't have any sort of long term server costs or right. like like hey, we made the game. As long as people have it, you can play it all you want. Yeah. No, like, it's, you, it's definitely like all these creative endeavors that yeah. these corporations are doing is to offset how the game being sold for sixty dollar isn't enough anymore right and uh first of all yes it is upsetting to raise the prices on these games but i think 60 dollars is way too low for a lot of these games compared to what the ps3 days Mm -hmm. like a ps3 game versus a ps4 game is significantly less you're getting better product yeah you're getting a way better product with a ps4 game nowadays right so naturally that price needs to go up yeah but like with all the like i'm i'm I definitely agree with you guys with the way it's uh, how loot boxes are misused. Mm-hmm. But when it is used correctly, I completely am fine with it. And a lot of people are obviously they're buying into it. So there is definitely. So what would you define as used correctly? Mm-hmm. Using correctly is like the cosmetic way. Like mm-hmm. if I want to for okay. vanity's sake, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You want to make your character look better as long as it doesn't trump uh, or stomp on anybody's gameplay yeah. incentives. Uh, what about power boosting? power boosting like your skills and abilities uh, no so uh, like like the world of warcraft example yeah. i think that's actually a good way because if I, I bought a game i'm finally buying into wow i never play wow and but let's say i, I want to start because I, I saw the expansion looking dope yeah mm-hmm. i agree i don't want to wait eight months before i play the new content mm-hmm. so that that's a great way to kind of kind of boost the player base because that that's good for the the game itself uh, now that yeah. you have a new player base uh, and you have new players introduced to the world, and that means the development team can keep developing. Yeah. So overall, I think it really wins in that kind of scenario. I think the only problem we have is when EA does <laughs> shady things. <laughs> yeah. Like that, I only see them being like the corporate is like, what the fuck? Like they're the all they're always pushing like how far they can go with this stuff. Yeah, it's you know what it, you know what would make loot boxes a lot more fair is if there was like some sort of time value of money comparison to break down yeah. like the scenario. So they're like here here it goes. Here's our Darth Maul character. Yeah. To get Darth Maul without paying anything, yeah. it's going to take you 14,000 hours of <laughs> gameplay time, right? Okay, so like let's just say that that's one of the constants yeah. that they set. Next scenario, you win a free loot box every time you play the game that only has two items in it yeah. out of 10,000 items total and Darth Maul is one of those items. So here's the like free way that you can get it. Yeah. The paid way, you're getting a loot box with five items. It's powered up to give you at least two high-powered items and he's considered, let's say, a high-powered item. Yeah. You now have a one in 400 chance of getting one and that costs $2, yeah. $3, right? That's when I call bullshit and flip tables yeah. because it's like you're, you're showing me two scenarios where the investment far outweigh like significantly far outweighs it's not even a choice yeah like in regards to me giving you time out of my life to yeah. invest if my interest is getting the darth maul yeah you're literally saying i could kill myself i could kill myself or i can just pay yeah. three bucks 
up to oh, one third to four hundred, whatever. Yeah, I think that just times. the gambling aspect, the probability yeah. game. You just got to take that out of the yep. yeah, exactly. Because that's just you're you're basically fucking them, yeah. <laughs> right? It's a it's a. Well, very what if you what if you add situation. both? Okay. And and what I mean by by adding both is what if and we'll use your Darth Maul example. Sure. Uh, you could get Darth Maul, but you have a chance to also get Darth Maul plus two skins. Oh, that's, that's you're still cool. get that's you're, not bad. You're still getting what you want, but you yeah. have the probability factor, the chance factor of getting what you want, and then a little bit extra. But what's the delivery method uh, for that? Is that the loot box, or is that like that would be the, all, that would be the scenarios. loot box? Okay, you so would you saying... would pay for the Darth Maul loot box, and then you would roll the dice to see if you get the you know equivalent to five dollar each skins included mm-hmm. in your loot box. I think people I mean, will it, be okay it with fa- that. It fattens, yeah. it fattens the, the kitty. You know, makes me feel like I'm getting more value. Uh, so I'm more inclined, yeah. I guess, to buy it, especially if it was the same price. Yeah. I think that's cool. It cooler. seems to be like a percentage there where yeah. 80% is what you want. And then 20%, like, I think if you play around with the percentage, if it goes too far yeah. to 50-50, then it's, it becomes too much of a problem. And I guess where I stand on it is like, you just want your player community to feel like not extorted, right? Yeah. So, like, if I say, hey, look, you can get Darth Maul in a loot box. Each loot box costs 300 And let's say it's a 1 in 400 chance. Mm. Let's just assume the average person spends, like, 150 bucks trying to get Darth Maul. Yeah. What is the time value equivalent of that $150 purchase? Quiet, right? Where it's, like, it's not 14,000 hours. Maybe it's, like, 200 hours, mm. and you can get a Darth Maul. If you just keep playing games and earning the free two-item loot box, and then the probability works out in a similar fashion. Because if someone chooses to invest time and another person chooses to invest money, I at least want to know that like, I can respectably look both people in the eye and say, you can enjoy this product. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where my biggest problem with the loot boxes is. One is like, technically, you can get Darth Maul yeah. <laughs> through the free, technically. <laughs> But you could pay and have Darth Maul with way more of a guarantee and an assurance. Mm-hmm. And you won't be 90 years old when you finally get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Technically, yeah, you can get it by 90. Or you could pay 150 bucks worth of loot boxes right now. Like, that's that askew is where I'm like, F these guys. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And everyone mm-hmm. seems to do that. And that's why everyone's upset yeah. with it. There's no one buying into it saying, like, this is a great deal. Look at I got Darth yeah. Maul. 500 bucks yeah you're still gonna find a whole <laughs> bunch of people who want to buy loot boxes even if yeah. the free time grind was respectable and like actually was a decent equivalent right yeah still oh yeah people and you'll find the boxes. people on youtube who will buy you know six seven hundred of the boxes yep. just so they yep. can get the revenue back via video and say look at yep. me opening up 700 loot boxes yep. oh, um man. and you you you'll always have those people yep. at the end of the day though the the FTC and the government and the regulatory body and the parents, they're not worried about that person. Yeah. They're worried about little Billy sitting at his computer that has your credit card loaded onto his account. Yep. God knows why you gave it to him, but you did. <laughs> and now he's just sitting there going, click, 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 because he doesn't realize that mm. that money is your money. And mm-hmm. he doesn't understand the value of that money or how hard you work to earn that money. Yep. So, because right, of so, the predatory nature of everything. Yep. I'll play the devil's advocate sure. on this one. God forbid they ever put a threshold. <laughs> like 10 purchases, you right. must like <laughs> re-log in your account to continue. I understand the sentiment. Mm-hmm. But like if we're fighting for the kids and the children every single time. <laughs> oh my God. It's like at some point, 
It's the parents' fault, right? I mean, it, I, I agree. Reason. At some point, you gotta you gotta step in and and yeah. like, do stop your using job my as credit parents. card, you idiot. So <laughs> don't give it to them in the first place. Yes, but like I I I. I how many children are there that are doing well, this? Is there a percentage where it's like I'd say that's, an epidemic for the I, I would actually no, say right? that it's a relatively high statistic. It's pretty high. That it's yeah. gaining the attention that Congress and, yeah. and senators are, are presenting these bills. Okay. Yeah. For me, it's... It's a good excuse I'd say for that's me. one of the things that <laughs> I, I would be upset about, but it's more so that like just how it's set up in general is literally a downhill point towards just pay us the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess that's where I have the biggest problem. It's mm. like... Because... I don't see any children in casinos, but I see a lot of adults with gambling addiction, and those people also are swept up in these like loot box scenarios as well. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's more like, look, just just be honest, be ethical, make it fair, because people are still going to buy the loot boxes yeah. in droves. Yeah, because a lot of people have access to money, and time is more valuable than money. Yeah. but don't make don't disrespect time so much that. It's an illusion of choice. I only have to just spend the money because I will never spend that time. Yeah. Well, one of the things that uh, I brought up to Larry uh, a few episodes ago is like I'm I'm surprised that the consoles are, or like the uh, AAA guys are kind of getting the backlash first, right? Because no one's really talking about the mobile industry. They've been doing this for oh. years before us. So what's are they? Doing I disagree something with more, you. Right? Okay. So the the concept of Freemium games, I would say, has been given a lot of backlash for a very long time. I would say the big difference between why mobile is sort of flying under the radar is that the amount of people who are playing mobile games and the age range and the demographic of them are so different Mm -hmm. compared to those who are playing console and PC games Mm -hmm. um, that the individuals who are paying the freemium currencies you know, the Candy Crush uh, generation who are paying for those extra lives or the thing that smashes the, the candies and whatnot. Those are mostly adults who know better <laughs> and they know what they're spending yeah. versus when you're got a game that's sticking that shiny new skin on the pedestal in front of the child, knowing that the marketing is aiming for that younger mm. player that doesn't know any better. And that's yeah. that's where that issue is. But um I forget the actual name of the episode, but South Park did an entire episode on freemium currencies and freemium games mm. and paying to unlock time time gated content. Mm. No, they're it, they're by no means immune from it. Um, they're just not the ones in the spotlight. Yeah, I want to see that episode too because they did a great episode on video games, uh, the the World of Warcraft one back in the day. So oh yeah, yeah. I want to go see that episode. Oh yeah, I want to look it up. Yeah, I. Um, it was uh, it was some Canada game where the, we ran around and ate maple leaves, and it, <laughs> it, the whole joke to the game was how stupid the game was. But because they had a time gate that you had to wait for a certain amount of time before you can run around and eat the leaves again, yeah. um, I think it was Stan kept buying to unlock the time gate and he ended up charging like I think a thirty thousand dollar bill to his parents' <laughs> credit card. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and you know. Publishers don't care. It's not their problem. It's mm-hmm. parents. Parents' problem. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Well, hey, uh, I actually learned a lot, and we got to talk a lot and express our opinions and feelings on loot boxes in general. I hope some high ups, some neckties get a, get a hold of this podcast. Yeah. 
and get a better barometer <laughs> reading. Because they're of, looking for solutions. No, I right? hope they do. Well, they're going to have government regulations and mandates pretty soon. How, so. how else do we screw these kids without them knowing? I'm sure they'll think of something. They yeah. always do. Yeah. Yeah, yep, they'll find ways. If it's not loot boxes, they'll figure out something new. Somebody will figure out a way to monetize content. Yeah. Well, uh, with that said, we've had a wonderful podcast with you. We've been doing this for over an hour now, and so we have a surprise mechanic for you. Uh, Brandon and I oh. are going to step away from the microphones, and we're going to give you a couple minutes to just talk directly to our audience to promote, raise awareness, advertise, or plug. Just shine some additional spotlight on something that is important to you, something you think is awesome, or even you know whatever products or things that you're about to bring to the table yourself. So without further ado, sir, the floor is yours. You just kinder-egged me. um well you know uh again i want everyone to take a chance to take out a look at the firm pressstartlegal.com is our website you can find tons of information and resources uh we have had a little bit of a break on our bi-weekly ask me anything but we will be picking them back up again very soon uh we're growing everything is is changing and we want to open our doors to all of you if you have questions if you need legal advice if you need help please reach out to us pressstartlegal.com zach at pressstartlegal.com we're always around we're always here you know we're we're in the community we want to help you guys we want to you know make your games the best that they can and make sure no one's going to sue you over them um, and be prepared for the the next generation of uh, of Stadia style software or hardware, whatever the hell they're calling that. <laughs> sure. That, yeah, I agree. We, we will see <laughs> when they, when they call it something finally. <laughs> Other yeah. than Stadia. I don't know. Do, do, they, do, they, do they have a name for that style of, of ne- the Netflix style? Uh, they keep calling the Netflix for experience. gaming, yeah, but they haven't really called yeah. it streaming on. They don't have a moniker for it that we can reference because Xbox game pass. We just talked earlier about, uh, Stadia has their own thing. PS uh, PlayStation's were probably going to have their own thing. So there is no like category that we yeah. can like. Is it on? It's not even online streaming because obviously that's those are the streamers. Yeah, they need to come up with a name. It's, man. it's, it's true. Yeah, right? It's going to be up to well, us. What was what was on live? They were first. Yeah, that's what everyone forgets. On live yeah. was the first ones who did this, and it was yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. Too I soon. remember playing the beta of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's the future right there, man. Be able that to play your video games on your phone at full 4K quality while you're sitting in traffic, yeah. while your self-driving car <laughs> takes you to work. Only Tesla I drivers. It. I can't wait for it. <laughs> All right, Zach, well, we're going to let you go, man. Thank you so much for everything that you've brought to our podcast and uh, our companies as well. So we wish you the best. And, you know, we hope that we don't have to see you too often because that means that somebody somewhere is suing us for something. (laughs) This is one of those relationships where it's like, we're glad to have you, but hope we don't see you kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. No, you're awesome, dude. You're awesome, man. Uh, Uh, We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. We'll we'll talk to you soon. Larry Charles, say goodnight.